We all know how lyrics can guide us, but what if we had a real life guide to say, you know, Bruce Springsteen? <laughs> Hi, I'm Ted Canova, and welcome back to my new podcast, That One Lyric, where fans choose a lyric and describe how it has shaped and impacted their lives. Faith is having optimism when times are tough. Show a little faith, there's magic in the night, as Bruce sings. His words guide us, they wake us up, they give us faith to be resilient. Take our last episode with Claire, who chose that one lyric from Springsteen's The River. Life is going to throw at us things we don't expect. And you have a choice. Let the river take a different course and follow that river and, you know, adjust your dreams or have all the dreams. Claire opened my eyes to a lyric whose meaning I only saw one way. And it wasn't just me. Brilliant episode, writes Andy. A real different take on Is a Dream a Lie? Keep them coming. Thanks, Andy, we will. And keep your reviews coming on Apple Podcasts. They automatically enter you into a raffle to win a That One Lyric baseball hat. Okay, who can use a guide in their life? Let's meet Stan Goldstein, a Springsteen historian and a familiar fan to E Street Nation. Stan chose That One Lyric that seems simple and ordinary, but contains something special and powerful. Stan, thanks for joining me. How are you today? Good, Ted. Thank you. I'm glad to join you on your podcast. Well, I'm really happy to have you because as a lifelong Jersey Shore resident, you have a very interesting side gig going on that has something to do with Bruce Springsteen. Since 1999, myself and my tour partner, Gene Mickle, we give Springsteen-related tours of the Jersey Shore. Welcome back to This Is Jersey with local rock and roll historian, Stan Goldstein. Showing sites that he has sung about, showing places in Asbury Park. Yeah, it's where all the fights with his dad happened and uh, even the song Independence Day. He talks about a scene at the kitchen table, so... This is where it happened, right in this house. Where he first met Clarence for the first time and where the upstage club was, where Steel Mill used to play and where he met many members of the E Street Band. And we take him to 10th Avenue and E Street in Belmar, the E Street. And we'll go out to Freehold and see Bruce's childhood homes, 39 Half Institute Street. We've That's taken great. thousands of fans since uh, 1999 around uh, from all over the world. It's been a lot of fun. This was his third Freehold home and it was much bigger than the other two. You were doing your part spreading the joy of Bruce Springsteen music long before the tours because you used to write for the Newark Star-Ledger and you also had a Springsteen blog that really caught on. Right, right. That started, I believe, 2005. You know, it was when blogging was first starting and the newspapers were going more to the internet. I was working in the sports department, but they knew I was a big Bruce fan. They said, you want to do a Bruce blog? I said, sure. And I would post things here and there. When you first write something, you don't even know if anyone's going to read it. And you know, then I found more and more people were reading it and paying attention to it. And I got quite the following and I did that for a good 10, 11 years. It was a lot of fun. I connected with a lot of Bruce fans that way. I can tell the joy that not only you bring to others, but that Bruce has brought to you over the years. Stan, can you tell me what your entry into the music of Bruce Springsteen was? I have my older sister, Maxine is her name. She was very much into when Greetings from Asbury Park came out in 1973 and then The Wild and the Innocent. I was 13 at the time. I don't know what I'm up against. I think I like the Osmonds for the Partridge family better at the time. I don't know, but she was very much in the Bruce and she would play him over and over. Yeah, she was blinded by the light. 
But I was intrigued. We had these department stores in New Jersey called Two Guys. We save money for you and two guys. Go help celebrate. And they had a big record department. I remember going there and I saw an album, Greetings from Asbury Park. And it's like, who's doing an album about Asbury Park? That's my boardwalk. I play pinball there. So that was my first introduction. I saw this album, then I realized my sister was playing it. And then when The Wild Indian Incident came out later in the year, over and over and over, and it was like, oh, you're playing the same thing over again. Stop. <laughs> she still loves to remind me about that. But I really got in around the Born to Run period. The song Night on Born to Run albums about the circuit. And I caught the last days of that and blasted Bruce over the A-track and going around in Asbury. That sort of was my coming of age time. Stan, for that one lyric, you chose a very subtle line from meeting across the river. In fact, if you blink, you can, you can almost miss the lyric that you chose. But before we get to that lyric, why don't we set the stage for this haunting song? Three instruments, a piano, an upright bass, mm. and that trumpet. And yeah. the talk is all about a crime that's about to be committed and it's their last chance. Tell me right. what that song means to you. Oh, the original name of the song was The Heist. I've always loved it. I think the simplicity of it. Hey, can you lend me a few bucks? Tonight, can you get us a ride? It's just a magical, nice, slow, but powerful song. People are always surprised when they ask me my favorite Springsteen song. And I always right away say, meeting across the river. And they're like stunned, like... Really? <laughs> Why don't you share that one lyric from Meeting Across the River? Change your shirt, because tonight we got style. Change your shirt, because tonight we got style. They always talk about, Bruce writes about the extraordinary in the ordinary. And this is about two guys who may not have much, but... Tonight, change your shirt, because we got style. It's a big night for them. I always think of there's a movie out in the early 80s that was called Vision Quest. At first, all Loudon Swain could think of was getting in shape. About a high school wrestler. He worked in a hotel as a cook, and he has his big high school wrestling match for the state championship that he's been working toward all year. And he invites his fellow cook to come out to the match. And the cook, they always show him in the movies just wearing white while cooking in the kitchen at the hotel. But for this night, he puts on a jacket and tie. And I always reminded me of that because it was a special night. And he says to Matthew Modine, this is a special evening for you and me, and I got to dress up for this. But all I ever settled for was that we're born to live and then to die, and we got to do it alone each in his own way. That's just sort of the line. It's like, we're just two ordinary guys, but this is our big night and change your shirt because tonight we got style. I'm laughing so much because you have so much happiness with this dark song. They're packing a gun. They may not come back after their meeting. Who knows if they're going to get money to throw on the bed. Remember, just don't smile. Every time he sings that line, there's cheers from the audience. So let's go deep on that. Is it because Bruce is singing for the ordinary person? Yeah, I think so. And I think this is a special night. Like, you know, hey, going to a Bruce show, it's a special night. It's We may not dress up for it. We'll change our shirt into a Springsteen uh, t-shirt to go, but it's a special night. And I, I think it's just, it's just a moving, powerful song. I love that some of the instruments almost seem like it's the response to the character. She'll say this time I wasn't just talking. And 
haven't heard it that way, but we all see things a different way and appreciate it. You know, I always like learning from others too. Everyone has their own reasons for liking different lyrics, what it means to them. And sometimes I've heard Bruce talk about different songs and after all these years of listening to it, it's like, ah, so that's what he's getting at with that lyric. Interesting. I guess I missed that all these years. You can hear a song from 20 years ago and you hear it again today and it, it takes on a different meaning. Yeah, or a lyric brings you back to a special time in your life or a rough time in your life too when you hear it and it just transfers you back 25, 30 years or so and it still hits you the same way it did then. Stan, it's been so great to talk with you on this episode and the next time I come to Jersey, I'm going to jump on that Bruce-related tour. Oh yeah, please do, Ted. Stan, thanks so much for talking with us today. I really, really appreciate it. Ted, thank you. Thank you for inviting me on. I appreciate it. I just love Stan's enthusiasm and how he found happiness within the ordinary in that one lyric from Meeting Across the River. Stan is waiting to take you on his tour of the Jersey Shore, where you'll see legendary sights, even where Bruce had his first kiss. Visit njrockmap.com or go to our website where we've posted a link. I want to thank you for your support of our podcast. Leave your rating and review on Apple Podcasts, and you'll automatically enter a raffle to win a That One Lyric baseball hat. You can also find our merchandise at thatonelyric.com. And keep sharing this with your friends and fellow fans. Yes, some may roll their eyes that we can actually talk about one lyric, but who cares? We're not apologizing for our fandom. I'm glad you joined me, that you're part of our community, and that you enjoyed That One Lyric. I'm Ted Canova. As I say to end the tour podcast, music makes it all better. See you next time. And I'm gonna go out walking.